Welcome to God's Favourite Shepherds, a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favourite Shepherds, Bill Ackland. Today's story is Days of Purim. Beauty and courage saved a nation. This story is based on the book of Esther. I lived during a broken period in my nation's history. Most of the tribes of Israel had been dispersed among other nations many years ago. Judah, Benjamin and half the tribe of Manasseh had remained intact but with a very checkered history. Under one king we worshipped the God of heaven. When an evil king came to the throne, most of the people worshipped idols of one kind or another. After hundreds of years of disobedience and rebellion by his chosen people, God's patience had reached its limit, allowing the mighty kingdom of Babylon, with Nebuchadnezzar as its powerful monarch, to overcome us. They destroyed our beloved city of Jerusalem and the beautiful temple Solomon had built hundreds of years before. Most of the people of Judah and virtually all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were marched off in chains to Babylon. We were destined to be a nation of slaves. Kings came and went there over the years, and in my lifetime, Persia ruled the former Babylonian territory. Things were better for us as a people under the Persians, but we were still second-class citizens, and there were strict boundaries on the limited freedoms we were given. Then something happened at the palace of King Ahasuerus, also known as Xerxes I, which altered my life and that of my much older cousin, Mordecai. When my parents died, Mordecai looked after me as his own daughter. My father's name was Abihail. At a gathering decreed by the king and attended by all the important officials from the 127 provinces of his empire, plans were laid for the invasion of Greece, which had proved very difficult to conquer. At this convention, which lasted for six months, much feasting and drinking occurred, and at one time the king ordered his beautiful Queen Vashti to come before the assembly to display herself, wearing only her crown. Of course, she would not do such an embarrassing and demeaning thing. She refused the king's order. This made Ahasuerus furious. He felt that his royal authority had been challenged. He would not let this incident pass without taking action to uphold his royal dignity. So he called his wise men before him to ask them what they suggest should be done to Queen Vashti, who had treated the king in such a disrespectful way. Men you can, one of the seven royal princes of Persia and Media, approached the king suggesting that he banish Queen Vashti, that she be no longer regarded as his queen, and that he should look for another to take her place. If he did this, then the women of his empire, be they wives of prominent men or not, would learn that they should respect and obey their husbands, and law and order would be maintained throughout the empire. This suggestion pleased the king. A search was made throughout this empire for the most beautiful young women to be brought to Shushan, also known as Susa. From these young women, 
another queen could be chosen by the king. Somehow I was caught up in the search for a replacement for the queen. I was sure that I would not be chosen, as there were so many beautiful young women in the empire who would take notice of me. Imagine my disbelief when, a year later, having been presented to the king, he chose me as the one to replace Queen Vashti. King Ahasuerus even declared a holiday to celebrate his new queen with a grand feast to match, calling it the Feast of Esther. Esther was my Persian name, meaning star. Gifts were given to many of his people to show his joy in having a new queen. I don't know if the outcome would have been the same if he knew that I was a Jew, as Mordecai had told me not to reveal anything about my background. As happened in the courts of most kings, there are always some who are not pleased with the monarch for one reason or another. In Ahasuerus's case, two of his servants, Bigthan and Tiresh, doorkeepers in the palace, had plotted to kill the king. Mordecai heard of the plot, told me and I informed the king, advising him that I had received this information from Mordecai. These men were dealt with and hanged on gallows, which put an end to their plans. A record was made of this matter in the Chronicles of the Kingdom of Persia, written out in the presence of the king. I had become aware of a man who had great power in the kingdom. He was by no means my favourite person. The king had given him authority over all the princes of the empire and everyone was ordered by the king to bow to him when he passed by. But Mordecai would not bow to him or give him the respect that Haman felt he was due. Haman determined to have his revenge, so he planned to not only do away with Mordecai, but all the Jewish people as well. Of course, he did not realise that the new queen was also a Jew. Mordecai told me what was planned. He had heard of it before I did. The king had gone along with Haman's plan to kill all the Jews, quite oblivious that this would also include his beautiful new queen. My dear cousin was not afraid to be identified as a Jew, for he went through the city weeping and wailing, clothed with sackcloth, to show his great grief. Mordecai told me that I would have to go into the king's presence, unannounced, to plead for the lives of my people. If the king did not extend his royal scepter, then I would be put to death. Whether that eventuated or not, I was willing to do this, for my cousin said, perhaps it was for this reason I had come into such a prominent position in the kingdom at this very time. I thought quickly of a plan that I hoped would be successful. With God's blessing, I would ask the king if he and Haman would attend a banquet I had prepared to honour them. Thankfully, the king not only extended his scepter to me, but also accepted my invitation to a special banquet in his honour. Naturally, it was a banquet fit for a king. King Ahasuerus suspected that there must have been something more than an invitation to a banquet on my mind when I came into his presence without an invitation. He asked me what was it that I wanted to ask him. I replied by inviting him and Haman to another banquet the following day. I assured the king that I would tell him what was on my mind then. 
With a quizzical look on his face, the king assured me that he would be there and that Haman must attend too. Unbeknown to me at the time, Haman had taken steps to personally put Mordecai to death by building the tallest gallows that had ever been built, over 20 metres high. That night, the king was restless and could not sleep, no matter how hard he tried. So he ordered one of the servants to bring the book of the chronicles of his kingdom to read to him. When the man read of the plot to kill the king, and that nothing had been done to reward Mordecai, who had uncovered the plot, the king was determined to honour him. Before he could say what should be done, Haman came to visit the king. As soon as Haman stood before him, the king asked him a leading question. What should be done for the man whom the king wishes to honour? Thinking that there was no one else except himself that the king wished to honour, Haman outlined a plan to the king that he felt would show to the people what a favourite he was with the king. Imagine his shock when the king told him that you now go and personally carry out this plan and honour Mordecai in this way. Haman could not imagine anything more demeaning to his dignity than leading this man around the city on one of the king's horses. This was the very man whom he hated so much. He was the man he planned to hang on the tallest gallows in the land. However, there was no time to do anything about that just then. The king's officials went to Haman's residence to escort him to the banquet with the king and queen. This made him feel a little better. He would deal with Mordecai at an appropriate time, soon after the banquet was over. So the banquet proceeded smoothly in harmony with royal protocol, but the king was anxious to know the real reason Esther had approached him in the first instance. He asked me again, "'What is it you wish to ask me, Queen Esther?' I assure you, your request will be honoured. I will even give you up to half of my kingdom. Inwardly terrified, but outwardly composed, I told the king what had been planned against my people. Shocked, the king demanded I tell him who was behind such a wicked plan that would involve killing the queen, as well as many people of his empire. It is this wicked Haman, O king, I replied. The king immediately got up from his couch and strode out into the royal garden nearby to try to compose himself and determine what should be done. He returned soon after, finding that Haman had fallen onto the couch beside me, appearing to be in a position to seduce me. The king could not contain his rage any longer. He ordered Haman to be hung on the gallows Haman had built for Mordecai. The Jews as a people were saved from death. God has helped me to fulfil his will for them through the honour position I held in the empire. I was glad to see that my cousin was also honoured by the king. Mordecai was the one who had cared for me for much of my childhood and young womanhood. He was appointed next in power in the empire to King Ahasuerus. To celebrate this great deliverance, the Jewish people have kept these days of deliverance called Purim in gratitude to God for saving his people. And then we have a quiz for you. What was the name of the king of Babylon who captured most of the people of Judah and Jerusalem? Later, after Persia had conquered Babylon, what was their king's name? 
What was the name of the queen who refused to obey the king's order? Was Esther's cousin younger or older than she? How high was the gallows Haman had made for Mordecai? You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions, or to obtain a copy of this book, give us a call within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.